Hey everyone, welcome to Fantasy Football Across America, a podcast where I, Dario Ofsi, will be bringing you in-person, one-on-one episodes with all your favorite fantasy football analysts. To kick off the 2023 season, I went to New Hampshire to chop it up with Matthew Friedman. You may know him as Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter. He's a betting analyst for Fantasy Life, and he's a five-time finisher in the top 20 of Fantasy Pro's Fantasy Football Rankings competition. Matt and I got to talking about his favorite bets for this upcoming season, some spicy hot takes, and the story of how he got into the fantasy football space. I hope you guys stick around and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the first episode of Fantasy Football Across America. I am here in New Hampshire with Matt Friedman, my very special guest. I mean, I'm very happy to have you. Super glad that, you know, you were willing to let me come over to your house for this. Like, this is just uh, an honor, pleasure to have you here for the first episode of this show. So thank you for coming on. How's your day been? Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I spent the first part of my day at the New Hampshire DMV, uh, which was terrible. Oh, no. Worse, worse than uh, someone would normally expect. Uh, but anyway, moving on. And uh, But we are not at my house, by the way. This is an undisclosed location. He's definitely not at my house. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. No, uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's as we're recording this, uh, we are, you know, like less than a week away from the NFL season starting. So, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting and also, you know, slightly terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fantasy craze is at its absolute peak and, and I'm here for it. I'm excited for football to be back. And yeah, I mean, people are probably going to be seeing this um, sometime this weekend as they're maybe doing their last bit of, of redrafting, you know, all the big high stakes drafts in Vegas, yeah. of course, very glad to be getting this in. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickems. It's important to correlate those NFL pickems. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. And welcome back. I'm Dario Offstein, your host of Fantasy Football Across America. I'm here with Matt Friedman. Again, this is the debut episode of this show. Very excited. I'm going to be heading toward Boston for week one. So I reached out to Matt here, saw that he was in New Hampshire, and very glad that we were able to make this happen. Just to get things started, I kind of you know want to talk general draft strategies, anything that just it pertains to how you're approaching drafts this season. Do you have any preferred draft slots maybe, or a particular three-round start that you've absolutely loved? Oh, I, I do, but we're not going to talk about that. That's not how we're <laughs> going to start. So uh, in, in Matt Kelly fashion, I'm going to derail the show. Okay. And, and, and I have to say, so I think the question of like what you are doing, driving across the country, visiting all of the different stadiums, uh, like that is really cool. How did you how did you decide you were going to do that? And then how did you map out where you were going? 
Yeah, that's very good questions. I It literally hit me one day in the shower. I already bought the van and I knew that I was just going to, to set out adrift. And then one day I was just in the shower. My friend had been telling me about how he wanted to do a similar thing and see all the national parks. And I was just like, it just hit me. Like uh-huh. I, I got to see all the stadiums. Like, I wonder if you could do it in one season yeah. because 30 stadiums, 18 weeks. And I sat down with the whole NFL schedule. And then I started by looking at the Monday and Thursday ones. Cause mm-hmm. I figured those are the ones that you have to hit enough of those yeah. to get to all of it. So I kind of mapped around those primarily and found a route kind of through those that was plausible and uh, just filled in the other gaps with Sunday games. And that's how I arrived at, you know, this plan of driving to all 30 stadiums in, in one NFL season. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not driving to all That's of them, right. right? You're flying That's to right. a couple of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're flying to Seattle and then Arizona? I'm flying to Dallas. There's The okay. way the Cowboys' schedule fell, it was like they just weren't home when I was going to be driving okay. past there. So I'm flying to a Sunday game in Dallas because there's back-to-back Monday games in Florida where I think the Jaguars play a Monday night and the Dolphins play the following Monday night. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got to get somewhere that Sunday and the Cowboys Mm -hmm. aren't fitting into the puzzle here. So I'm flying to Seattle. I'm flying to Dallas. And I'm also flying to Denver because I'm going back to LA, which is where I'm from. And then I do not think driving up the Rockies in December is going to be particularly nice yeah. with my van from 2002 so yeah that's yeah there's three exceptions otherwise driving to all the stadiums this season okay well i mean it's it's a really cool idea uh i am uh i, I don't even know if i'd say i'm like jealous of you because that doesn't sound like the kind of thing i would want to do at this stage of my life but uh i like the idea of someone out there doing that you know what i mean (laughs) yeah no i I can appreciate that i think i find i found myself kind of in a funny position because i think a lot of the people that are lucky enough to have a i guess like a full-time job in the fantasy space are a little older than i am so i was like working fully remote and having very few commitments and living Mm -hmm. in my childhood bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to, you know, get out and and see things. And that's kind of how this whole vision has slowly come together. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great idea. Okay. So the question that you originally asked, I think was something like draft strategies or preferred draft slot or Mm -hmm. what, well, ask the question again. Right, right. So I guess, yeah, let's start with your preferred draft slot. Is there any particular spot based on just the first round, based on the way the first couple of rounds fall, where you're like hoping to land if you had your pick of, let's say, a 12-team league? Not really. No, <laughs> no I mean, so the, the one slot, uh, I mean, obviously happy to take it if it falls to me, um, you know, because you get Justin Jefferson. And then I feel like, uh, you know, in the 2-3 the turn, you can grab a running back that you like and then hit another wide receiver that you like there. But like, would we say that like Justin Jefferson is like, clearly better than jamar chase like like he should be taken ahead of jamar chase but it's well within the range of outcomes mm-hmm. that chase outperforms him this year so like if you're at number two instead of number one i don't view that as being like such a massive downgrade that you're going to lose just because you didn't have the number one pick right so i prefer the number one but if i get any of the others it doesn't matter the nice part about being in the middle is that you can you have a better chance of soaking up the ADP value when right. guys fall. Like it's much harder to get guys who are falling if you are on the borderline of like a turn. 
Um, and then, you know, picking at the end of round one, like I don't hate that either because generally there's still a wide receiver that you can get there. And I think there's decent running back value at the end of round one in certain types of leagues and home leagues, probably not so much because uh, running backs will still tend to go a little bit early there. But I honestly, it doesn't really matter to me. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick mm-hmm. 101. Yeah, I was asked something similar. And I think I said the 102 just because of the way that 2-3 turn falls. And then I'm happy with either of Jefferson or Chase. But I think it's, you know, we've seen early this offseason, there was a ton of running back value at that 2-3 turn. Like mm-hmm. best ball back in May, you could get like, you know, Tony Pollard and mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and Derek Henry still yeah. at that 2-3 turn. That was yeah. Those teams are absolutely crazy. Um, so another thing, you know, I appreciate about just the way that you talk about football and betting and your process is I think you do a good job acknowledging like how little we know or what we think we know and how much more is going to be out there. So along those lines, what teams do you think have the widest ranges of outcomes this season? So, okay, so there would be some teams that maybe have a like a theoretically larger range of outcomes, but it's still skewed in one direction. So, okay, so say like maybe like the Cardinals, maybe they have like a really wide range of outcomes and that like if Kyler Murray comes back and everything mm-hmm. is going well with the team, maybe they actually win like somehow like nine games or something like that. But like they're not going to be a team that actually matters at the end of the right, season. Right. right. And, and then the low end of the range of outcomes is they lose all 17. Games, yeah. <laughs> right. So like in theory, they could have a wide range of outcomes, but like it doesn't really matter because it's all skewed in one direction. Like the two teams that in my mind have a wide range of outcomes where it actually matters, the Browns and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And the Browns, like, I think that one's fairly obvious. Like Deshaun Watson, like, does he revert back to his pre-2022 form? Like where he's the guy from the Texans who led the league in passing? Or is he kind of like the guy we saw last year? And, you know, I, I think it's impossible that he's as bad this year as he was last year. But, like, there's a decent chance that he just isn't a good scheme fit for Kevin Stefanski. Right. Um, but if Deshaun Watson is good, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator. They have maybe a top five defense if everything kind of coalesces for them. Like they could be a team that wins the Super Bowl. And it's the same sort of thing with the Broncos. Like they have a top eight head coach. If Russell Wilson improves, they maybe have like a borderline top eight, top 10 mm-hmm. quarterback. And then they could have a top 10, top eight defense. So like they're one of those teams where like they're not likely to win the Super Bowl, but like they theoretically could if everything goes well. At the same time, like they were terrible last year. And if Russell Wilson is anything this year, like he was last year, they're probably going to have a losing record once again. So I I mean, that division is so tough. Yeah. I think even for the Broncos, like you have to beat the Raiders twice if you want any (laughs) hope for this season. (laughs) But then you still have to play four games against the Chargers and the Chiefs who you know, everyone's absolutely high on and for good reason. And yeah, I was, you know, I was reading a few of your, your betting previews on the team level. And I thought it was really cool how you started out with like the GM, the coaching staff, and then just bringing analytics into it, talking about EPA per play and success rate. Like just, I think getting that out into, you know, maybe the fantasy readership and the the betting readership more. So, you know, all for the advanced analytics, as they say, um, And I guess, you know, while we're talking about teams, I want you to pick one surprise division winner this season. I would, I would say the Steelers. 
Um, because I, I think like there's actually a realistic chance of that happening because that AFC North is so compact and you have the right setup where you have a pretty good CEO style head coach and Mike Tomlin, like his teams always have a pretty high floor, even if they are talent deficient. And there's the possibility that maybe they're actually decent this year. You have Kenny Pickett developing, uh, conceivably developing in his second season. Uh, when TJ Watt is healthy, he's like a true difference maker to that defense. Like it's a top 10 defense when he's healthy. Um, you know, like you could, you could see the story of how it happens, you know, like in, in the AFC North, like all of those games will be pretty much like coin flips. Yeah. Even, even like though you can have a game where it's like, Oh, the Bengals at home against the Steelers, they should be favored by more than three points, but it's like, (laughs) It's just going to be yeah. a coin flip because that's how that's division, yep. yeah, that division and divisional games in general, that's just how they go. So I could see how the Steelers end up winning their division. Yeah, I had several like you know eliminator brackets last season where week one I picked the Bengals over the Steelers at home, just like you described, <laughs> and that was the game yeah. where they went to overtime and they tied, and there were so many missed kicks. It was absolutely yeah. like atrocious to watch. When I was so sure the Bengals were going to handle the Steelers that game, so I'm excited to to be at a couple of those AFC North division rivalry games this season. I think those are always. Intense. Okay, that that is actually a great thing to mention there. That makes me think, did you you probably couldn't try to identify specific games on the schedule mm-hmm. of like, oh, this game I really want to be sure I go to. But like were there some games where it was like I would really like to try to hit a lot of divisional matchups or you know, like you know, I want to I want to see the Chiefs Bengals or, or like Chiefs bills yeah. or whatever it is. Of course, those tickets would probably be harder to get. So it's like kind of balancing all these right. things. But yeah, did you take matchups into account? I didn't really get the privilege of factoring right. them into account, but I think that just kind of the way things fell, there's a lot of games I'm excited for. One thing mm-hmm. I've considered doing is like a, you know, those tier list videos where I just like talk about all the games I'm going to go to and how I expect them yeah. to play out. But like week one, I'll be at the Jets Bills game on Monday night, which yeah. should be a hell yeah. of a game, yeah. like the first Aaron Rodgers game. Um, another one I'm excited for is that Jacksonville Monday night game that I mentioned to you earlier. They're hosting the Bengals. So yes. That's like, you know, yeah. two number one overall yeah. picks, two ascending quarterbacks. Really excited for that one, too. And then another rivalry game that I think should be really fun is the Saints playing the Falcons in Atlanta. Yeah. And those two teams always get mm-hmm. into it with each other. So I'm excited. There's there's a few on here that I'm like, okay, I can already see the case for this being a good game. Uh-huh. But I didn't really get to plan around that because it was just like, when do these teams have a game at all? Are, are there a couple where you're like, oh, man, I really wish I didn't have to go see this game? Like, I mean, so yeah. one thing one that's interesting is the Bengals are hosting the Rams. Okay. And it's a Super Bowl rematch, which I think is cool. But yeah, the, I think that might that might get a little bit ugly. And it's kind of across conference. There's not too much tension there. I mean, any like I have to see a Texans game, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Who <laughs> um, who are uh, who are they hosting for that game? That'll be against the Saints. Okay. Um, for the SoFi, because you're you're like knocking it out sort of twice, like mm-hmm. doubling up there. Uh, who who is playing? Uh, is that a Chargers game or a Rams game? So. That weekend, I got really lucky, and there's a Rams game on a Thursday and a Chargers game on Saturday. Okay, it's week sixteen. So you're going to both. So I'll go, I'm going to try to go okay. to both. So the the Rams play the Saints again, actually, and then the Chargers host the Bills, which okay. that should be that's, a pretty good yeah, game. That's a good game. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sure there'll be more Bills fans in LA because that's just how Chargers home games go. Yeah. But yeah, there's, so yeah, long winding answer. I kind of factored it in, but it's something where I'm just looking at it after the fact more so. Yeah. And then I guess I I like your pick of the Steelers, by the way. I think that that division, like everything you said, I totally agree with on the nose. Um, My next question for you, kind of along those lines, I mean, you mentioned Mike Tomlin being a great head coach. And I saw that you had a few bets up on the site of just the coach of the year market. And it seems like, you know, that's a one that you are enjoying attacking right now. Do you have any picks you like in particular right now? Yeah. Coach of the year is, is really interesting because like that's never an award that should go the way, or it's an award that never goes the way it probably should go. You know, like, there are some really good head coaches among the best in the league who like never won the award or like won it once. And it's just like, it doesn't make sense. So basically the way to think about it is it's an award for a coach who outperforms expectations. Mm-hmm. And so normally that means that he's a newer coach. He's attached to a team that drastically underperformed the year before. So he's getting a little bit lucky with getting some mm-hmm. like, you know, natural, po- yeah, some natural, some positive regression there. Uh, and so the two guys who stand out uh, to me are Shane Sykin for the Indianapolis Colts, 25 to one, and then uh, D'Amico Ryan's 25 to one as well with the Houston Texans. And so both of those guys, and by the way, these bets uh, I put in the bet tracker, which is free at Fantasy Life. Got to get the plug in there. But both of those guys, like they have, they're basically versions of each other. You know, you can sort of like mm-hmm. tell the same story with both of them, you know. They have uh, teams that picked, you know, in the bottom five. They both have relatively easy strength of schedules uh, in part because their division is bad, but then also, you know, their teams were bad. So they have easier schedules. Uh, And then like you could see how their teams improve this year um, because the AFC South is one of the weakest, if not the weakest conference or division uh, in football. So uh, I do like both of those guys uh, at, at 25 to one again, like it's, it's not cause like, I think that they are necessarily great coaches, but um, you know, like if their teams get up to a winning record, both of them have very good chances of winning that award. And you know, like the, the bets that you would make in the market for them to have a winning record or like to win their division, like those aren't all that great, but they are strongly correlated with those guys winning mm-hmm. coach of the year. So it's like, if you're bullish on this team, don't bet on that team to go over their win total or right. to win their division. Just bet on their coach to win coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. And I like the idea of, of betting both of them. Cause I mean, you're kind of getting, you know, two shots. Like you said, it's the same narrative. If the Jaguars underperform this season at all, someone right. has to win that division. And if either of those teams win that division, I mean, it's kind of the same path that Dable took to winning coach of the year last year. And they just got into the playoffs on a wild card. Yeah. So that was, you know, very interesting thinking about that, where it's also a first year head coach and both of these guys are as well. So I'm going to spin us back from the betting back toward fantasy a little bit. And I'm wondering if there's any particular player you are just absolutely planting your flag on this season that everyone should be drafting in their home leagues and their best ball leagues, like all, all the listeners who who's your number one dude. Yeah. So there, there are two of them. Uh, and one of them dovetails with Shane Steichen, 25 to one coach of the year. And that's Anthony Richardson. Like he's, mm-hmm. he is the one guy 
in the the quarterback ranks, except for maybe I don't know, like Sam Howell, <laughs> that actually works out. But like the one guy to where there's still like some late round viability at the quarterback position, where the guy still has a tremendous amount of upside. You know, like he is, I think, pretty comparable to rookie year Cam Newton. Um, he probably doesn't have quite like the passing, uh, the passing ability. Uh, probably also, uh, maybe he has some decent players around him, but. You know, like with him, the thesis is just like he's going to play as many games as he possibly can. Mm -hmm. Like they're highly unlikely to bench him and he's got like league winning running ability. Yeah. You know, so uh, and the fact that he's still going like outside of the top six quarterbacks, you know, like the quarterback market, it will you know kind of like move up, move down every year. But if you can get him outside of the top eight, top 10 quarterbacks. Like wherever you take him, I feel like you're getting value at that point. Right. Um, so I like him. And then Alexander Madison just feels like a, a total smash. I'm not saying like he should be taken in the top 10, but like it's it's not hard to create the projection mm-hmm. of him finishing in the top 10 this year. Like yeah. it's just, it's not. Yeah. You're, do you do like your own projections top to bottom, all the teams and everything? Yeah. 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 No, we, we, I kind of, Myself and Billy Muzio do them over yeah. for a player profiler. And right now it's that time of year where you're doing week one projections yeah. alongside updating your seasonal projections yeah. every day with news. Yeah. And that's, yeah, this, this week has, has been a lot with that. Um, but I also, you know, want to use this platform to kind of let people see a little bit more of the fantasy analysts that they're used to just like listening to talk about football or just kind of know your story a little bit more. So I'm curious, like, how did you? When did you start playing fantasy football? And do you remember the first draft pick that you made? Okay, so there are a, a couple kind of versions of this story. But the the way I first started playing was I was uh, I just graduated from college. I was uh, dating a girl, and she was getting into a fantasy football league with like all of her friends, and I had never done it before but she needed help. And so I did research. (laughs) And the funny thing was like all of those girls, their boyfriends were basically like all friends. (laughs) And so it basically just ended up being like all of the guys telling the girls like what to draft, like like who to pick up. A shadow league. Exactly. (laughs) That's really, that's really what it was. Um, And the first, so if we're thinking of that as my first league, that first pick was um, Sean Alexander for, okay. the, for the Seahawks back in the day. And that was like the year after he was totally dominant mm-hmm. and he sucked that year. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like I think he got injured. Was he the, was worn down. Probably the Madden curse too, right? Wasn't yeah, he on, yeah, yeah. on Madden cover yeah, there? You know, like it was, it was bad. Uh, so then the next year I got into an actual league and I don't remember if I actually drafted LaDainian Tomlinson number one or if I traded for him shortly after the draft but i'm pretty sure i traded for him um i think the first pick that i technically made was joseph adai but adai was made in that trade but that was 2007 and the two guys that i traded for who really made that championship run for me were lt and brady in the 2007 like awesome season oh wow Uh, yeah that's so so like that was that was the first league that i was like officially in and i i won the championship in that uh and uh you know from there like if i hadn't have won the championship 
I maybe wouldn't have this job. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it's like, it's so weird to think about that. But like, if I wouldn't have won a championship, maybe I wouldn't have been as enthusiastic about fantasy the next year, you know? Mm-hmm. So for sure, it's just funny how stuff kind of uh, happens that way. Yeah. I kind of had a similar thing where I was absolutely like dominating my league mates in high school. And I think it, it definitely like <laughs> right. helps perpetuate that, that passion for yeah. it. Um, and I guess, do you want to walk us through like, how you've gotten to where you are now at fantasy life in, in like your path through the industry. Cause you've been doing this for, I mean, not, not too long, I, mean, I guess, I mean, but a, while. a good I mean, while. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think this is my, my eighth year full time. Um, and I was doing it, you know, part time, but it was full time hours uh, for a couple of years before that. Um, but you know, the way, the way it started for me, I was a grad student, uh, at Boston college, uh, in a PhD program in English. And, uh, instead of like doing all of the stuff that I should have been doing, I was basically just like focusing on fantasy football, <laughs> uh, or, and also like on the side, I was, you know, uh, focusing on investing, uh, in the stock market. But, uh, you know, eventually I just got so interested in, fantasy that uh i was reading a whole bunch of kind of below the radar like as blogs they were still blogs at that point uh and one of the guys uh aka like fantasy douche is like what he was known as uh frank dupont was his fake his other fake name (laughs) um but he started rotoviz and put out a call for writers and uh, i was one of the the first writers at rotoviz uh and then it just kind of went from there so i you know was at Rotoviz. Uh, I did some work at PFF, did some work at Fantasy Insiders. Um, and then I got a full-time offer at Fantasy Labs, uh, you know, shortly after that started. Uh, and then I was, you know, there for years as that turned into Action Network, uh, you know, left Action Network, have kind of uh, journeyed uh, since then. And, uh, you know, have been at Fantasy Life for, at this point, I think about three months. Mm-hmm. so i think almost exactly three months so it's uh it's been good you know yeah i mean they're putting together like an all-star lineup over there it's yeah. pretty cool how you know it's all it's all free too so definitely been easy to to follow along with your rankings and your picks so far this off season so that's been really cool to see um what's your favorite football memory like a game you've been to or maybe just a game you've watched that like is unforgettable to you yeah, it's, I don't, okay, so big picture, I don't know if I really have one. Um, and part of that is just based on, I think, the way that I, like, consume information and just, like, my personality. Like, I tend to be, like, very even. Like, mm-hmm. if something great happens, I get a little excited. <laughs> if something <laughs> terrible happens, uh, I'm I just a little down for, you know, like 10 seconds. And then I just kind of move on with my life. <laughs> so like a lot of stuff doesn't really like hit to the extent of like having a big moment, but there are a few that do kind of stand out. And so I remember the first football game that I went to, uh, I grew up in Texas and, you know, Cowboys fan. And it was the Cowboys on Thanksgiving um, and they were hosting Washington. And uh, I think the Cowboys won. And it was a year where they were terrible. Mm-hmm. It was like right before the Super Bowl run. Uh, and I just remember kind of being like outside freezing. Um, 
and then someone scored a touchdown and like everyone was like you know yelling at the same time and i just remember thinking like oh this is really cool yeah um so like that that stands out to me because that was just sort of like the first memory uh the cowboys winning multiple super bowls when i was young that that always stands out um emmett smith breaking the rushing record uh i so in college, I sort of made this very conscious decision to uh, like to sacrifice parts of myself okay. so that I could focus on school. Because like in high school, I uh, you know I wasn't really that judicious of a student. I didn't really try hard. When I got into college, it was like okay, let's actually like see what I can do if I put my mind to it. But that meant that like I stopped watching sports. Like mm. I stopped. Uh, like playing guitar I stopped you know like there were just a lot of things where it was like high school math was kind of dead uh-huh. you know and so like it was a decision like not to go to the game to see Emmett break the record but oh, okay. I was gonna watch that on tv I was gonna like try to time it where like I was studying for organic chemistry but I was gonna watch that on tv <laughs> you know organic so, chemistry what did you <laughs> study in college Jeez. I I was I was biochem i was double major biochem and english um and i i liked uh i I liked it i actually i did well in organic chemistry i just didn't want to be a doctor Mm -hmm. um and like by the time i decided that i was still close enough to like finish the major but then i also finished the degree in english and then went to grad school for english but you know like watching watching emmett break the record while i was like i'm not at the game but this is like the one game this year that I'm going to watch mm-hmm. and, and like watch him break the record uh, that I don't know why, but that kind of stands out to me. Cause that was like the culmination of his career. It was like the arc of me growing up as a young Cowboys fan and watching the Cowboys have success and then watching that team tail off, but Emmett still have the personal success, but then also like me at an important stage in my life, like becoming I don't know, responsible, I guess, is like someone who was opting to put like studying and like personal development and stuff like that above like the things that I wanted to do, like watch a football game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, I, that sounds like a cool game to watch though, for sure. And then do you have any advice, I guess, for people who are looking to get a foot in the door in the fantasy football industry or even just, I mean, it's only my second season doing this, so I guess yeah. you can point it at me, point it at anyone out there, any any level. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess there are a lot of things, but one would just be like work hard, you know, like uh, grind harder than a lot of other people do. Because um, I like, I think the people, a lot of the people who end up getting in the industry and then staying in the industry a lot of the reason they have success is not to say that they're not talented, but like <clears throat> there are a lot of talented people. And so what distinguishes them from the people who don't make it is that they just, they're resilient, you know, mm-hmm. like they just, they work hard and they stick with it and they just outlast a lot of other people. Um, so that's like the work ethic part of it. And then the other part of it is like the value um, do something that actually adds value to uh, the daily not, I don't even say the daily life of the consumers, but like adds value to the people who consume your work. Uh, and then a third part would just be um, 
be easy to work with. <laughs> you know, like there are a lot of people who work hard and uh, actually do good work, but they're not very enjoyable to work with. <laughs> and that maybe doesn't bite them right away, but over the long run, they miss out on opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, like stuff that they didn't even know that maybe they could have gotten that they, they didn't get, right? So uh, like being a good teammate, I think is important. Uh, and I would say correlated with all of that is uh, people might disagree having a sense of humor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I think if you have a, like a sense of humor, you can, it helps you to endure like the grinding nature of the job. Uh, if you have a sense of humor, I think it helps kind of, you maybe have more of a well-rounded perspective, which I think helps add value. And then if you have a good sense of humor, you're probably a little bit easier to work with. So I've, I have found that to be something that um, just tends to be associated with people who have a lot of success in the space. Like they, even if they're not like cut-ups, like they have a sense of humor. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, especially because so much of it is on Twitter, right? Like right. being able to get those like, witty quote tweets and stuff like that yeah. I mean, it does, it does yeah. i'm sure help you to, uh, get get along the process in fantasy football but so we're gonna shift gears a little bit again and you know i'm here in new hampshire and i'm going to boston probably in the next i would say two days or so but mm -hmm. what should i do while i'm in the area like what is the absolute top recommendation in new hampshire i have no idea um <laughs> Because I, I just recently moved to New Hampshire in March and I did live here, um, not in this place, but in New Hampshire a decade ago. Um, but uh, the area where we lived, Portsmouth, you already like drove through. So you're kind of past that a little bit. And, you know, like there were lots of lakes in the area. So like, mm -hmm. you know, I'd say like maybe go see the water, <laughs> but like yeah. there's also the ocean that's not that <laughs> far away. You could go, you could go look at that. Um, but you know, like in New Hampshire, it's like, I don't know, this isn't like maple tree season, mm -hmm. you know, like the leaves aren't changing. So in terms of like New Hampshire, uh, I honestly, I really don't know what, what there is to do. I mean, there are, uh, a decent number of pretty good breweries that are like within driving distance. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily your thing or not, especially since yeah. you are driving, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, sounds like a, a glowing endorsement of your, <laughs> your current home state. <laughs> no, no, I mean, so the thing is like, I actually, I do like New Hampshire a lot, but, uh, I tend to be a little bit of a homebody and a, a workaholic. So, you know, someone can be like, Hey, what's, what is there to do around here? And it's like, I don't know, man. I just, I stay here and I work all day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, it, it is a pretty area because there's, there's lots of green. There is the water. There are mountains nearby. So, you know, it is a kind of cool place where like during the summer people do stuff on lakes and then during the winter they can snow ski. Like it, yeah. it is a, a cool environment. Um, and I, like, I do like, um, I do like the area in general. It's just like, there's, not necessarily a ton to do where I'm located. <laughs> that makes sense. And, you know, I guess you'll, you'll get to know the area better. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I'm very briefly passing through, but, you know, I just wanted to maybe get a sense of what people should know to look for if they find themselves up here. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess also a little bit not football related, but what, what do you like to do with your time when you're not thinking about football or fantasy football, however few those yeah. hours may be? Uh, honestly, at, at this point, um, I don't know. Like I, I really am kind of a, a workaholic. So like in theory, I would like to have some time to be able to read a little bit more um you know like to read books uh, or articles on like on math or on game theory or on stuff like that but i just don't really have i don't really <laughs> have the, the time to do it you know um the the time i do spend not thinking about sports uh most of the time i'm like it's not like i work out a lot but it's like i try to carve out a little amount of time here or there to like go on walks or you know exercise in some way but honestly, during that time, I'm more than listening to a podcast yeah. <laughs> about football. So, like most of the time, it's uh, it, it is football. But uh, you know, I, I still think about like I, I mentioned in grad school that I you know was kind of doing investing on the side, and so like I, I still sometimes think about you know stuff with the stock market and do research there. But uh, you know, for the most part, it's uh, you know it's football. Just you know trying to to learn more about teams learn more about analysis you know just trying to get a little bit better yeah it's it's an infinite well of knowledge yeah. so i definitely agree with you there um so matt thanks so much for being <laughs> the the guinea pig for the concept <laughs> of this show thanks for you know having me over yeah. and you know making this appearance it's been an absolute pleasure and i want to end the show with one like scorching hot take what is your boldest prediction i i don't have any hot takes that's that's the thing with my my reasoned analysis i don't i don't really have any hot take okay actually you know what i i will have i will have a hot take not that i actually think this is going to happen it almost certainly will not right right of course um the Rams will win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't happen. All right. But I just, I just want to say, and the Cooper Cup uh, hamstring issue definitely throws a wrench in this. But if you have a healthy Matthew Stafford and a healthy Cooper Cup and an offensive line that is better than it was last year, and you still have Sean McVay as the offensive, not coordinator, but constructor and the play caller, and then you have a defense that is still anchored by Aaron Donald. That team is not actually that bad. Mm -hmm. Like I know you have basically like nine other really young guys out there on defense. Uh, and then like a veteran safety who's kind of like come back, but uh, you know, like your defense, it's probably going to be bad, but if some of those young guys are actually decent, then all of a sudden it's like a defense with Aaron Donald that has like a lot of youth on it. And it's like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, these guys can play. So I don't know. I would say like there's like 80 to one is the line for the, mm -hmm. the Rams to win the Super Bowl at some books. Like that is too, that's too long. Okay. I mean, like, especially in the NFC, right? right. Like so, yes. someone's going to probably squeak through. Right. There's two or three like solid rosters there. Yeah. It'd be very different if it was a, yeah. you know, team we're skeptical about from it, the AFC. Yeah. So I'll say there. And here's another way of thinking about it. And similar to the way that I was thinking of the coach of the year markets earlier, like instead of betting the Rams to win their division, like bet them to win the Super Bowl. Just like <laughs> if they're good enough to beat the 49ers, then like they are actually legit. Like that means that they are not necessarily where they were two years ago, but like approaching that form. Right. 
So, you know, like if you're thinking that there's a chance they win the division, like they're good enough to compete for yeah. the Super Bowl. And especially, I mean, that NFC, that Rams team from a couple of years ago that did win it all, like, they weren't as elite of a team as you normally right. see win the Super right. Bowl. They kind of are an example of how you can squeak through yeah. the playoffs, win, win a couple of games that fall your way. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a very, very hot take. Um, yeah. And I think that is going to wrap it up. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and you're going to be able to find more episodes of fantasy football across America, where I'm going to be interviewing all, you know, these massive, you know, fantasy analysts and just very excited to be getting sort of that in-person camaraderie that you get at the expo and like little micro doses around the country. So thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your work? Uh, Yeah. You can follow me on, on X uh, at Matt at the Oracle and find all the work at fantasy life uh, where, you know, obviously we have rankings, projections, uh, all of that is free. We will also be launching uh, the betting life newsletter pretty soon. Uh, And in the bet tracker, we have all of the, the bets that I'm making. All of that again is free that you can find in there. So uh, yeah, I'm sure to check it out. Thanks. Yeah. And everyone, you know, make sure to hit like and subscribe if you're not already following the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And if you're not already subscribed to Player Profiler, go sign up for that all-in package. You can use promo code Dario for $10 off. And we'll see you next time.